Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. All right. So today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Dr. Kevin Bozen, who is the chief sales officer for Tabula Rasa Healthcare. Uh, Kevin was previously the founder and CEO of Symphonia RX, now a subsidiary of Tabula Rasa Healthcare. And prior to joining Symphonia RX, Dr. Boson founded the Medication Management Center, the predecessor of Symphonia RX, while serving as a faculty member at the University of Arizona College of Pharmacy. He's a leader in the field of pharmacy and medication therapy management. Dr. Boson served as the president of the Arizona Pharmacy Association and received numerous awards, including the 2013 American Pharmacists Association Foundation Pinnacle Award, the 2009 and 2006 Arizona Pharmacy Association Innovative Practice Awards, 2009 Tucson's 40 Under 40, and the 2011 National Community Pharmacist Association's Pharmacy Leadership Award. So in addition to his positions at Symphonia Rx and the University of Arizona College of Pharmacy, Kevin has worked in a variety of pharmacy sales and management positions. His experience includes positions in hospital pharmacy, retail, the pharmaceutical industry, and the medical device industry. He also serves his community through a number of volunteer positions, including his role on the South Point Catholic High School Education Foundation Board and STEM Advisory Committee. Kevin, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. I'm excited to be here today. Well, we are excited to have you here and share a little bit more about some of your very interesting different career paths. But um, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you could fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. I know pharmacy is in your family, so love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, I do. So I actually have... um, um six pharmacists in in my family, including myself. It has been a fantastic profession. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, I'm excited. Um, Several years ago when I got the opportunity to teach at the University of Arizona, the opportunity to talk to pharmacy students about what opportunities are for pharmacists is, is, is just something that I'm really passionate about. For myself, I've done, you know, as you described, some retail, um, some sales, some sales management, some university faculty. Um, I think the the five other folks in my family, what's amazing is, is we've all had different career paths and there really hasn't been any overlap. I've got an older brother that's now a, a pharmacist attorney who's uh, running for a state uh, house representative seat in Arizona. I've got a younger brother who used to run our poison control and drug information center in the state. Um, my wife does hospital pharmacy. Uh, my sister-in-law um, that actually went back to PA school um, and practices in primary care. And uh, my dad, who probably had some of the, the most diverse experience, um, led a pharmacy technician program, um, was a, an administrator of a cardiology program, and we lived in Rome, Italy for a year. 
um, worked in the PBM industry. So lots of different exposures. And and we all have just, uh, for the most part, a, a, a pharmacy degree. Wow. That is, I bet, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmases are so interesting. Y'all just kind of all geek out on pharmacy stuff, but from different areas. So yeah, that's that you, you've always got somebody that you can call to refer to if you, um, yeah, I wanted to, to get the latest on any different field. Um, so interesting. And are all of your kids looking at pharmacy too, or are they not quite sure yet? Well, I have a, I have an 18 year old and a 16 year old. So the, the senior in, um, college is, is not pursuing healthcare as of now. He's, he was accepted to, um, an Embry-Riddle campus in Arizona and he's going to do cybersecurity. So, I'm, I'm very okay. proud and excited about that, but maybe a little disappointed I couldn't talk him into pharmacy, <laughs> but it's it's still early on. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Well, I think there there's a lot of opportunity in cybersecurity and data privacy and, and all of that. So um, who knows? He might end up somehow in healthcare looking at some data privacy issues and things. So, um, well, very interesting. So, Kevin, you are clearly an entrepreneur and, um, you know, have ha- have won some different awards for your innovative uh, practice thinking. Tell us how, you know, like, t- let's talk a little bit more about entrepreneurship and pharmacy and, and how you um, really kind of came up with some of these different businesses. Yeah. So I, I think, um, pharmacists have a, have a huge opportunity to, to be entrepreneurs and to be creative. And it's not something that a lot of us that go into healthcare, um, go in with that mindset. I think a lot of us, um, really wanted to help patients and take care of people. And we're really focused on that interaction piece of it. But, you know, in my own career, and I know from working at the university, we, we train a lot of students to practice in a model um, that maybe sometimes, you know, doesn't exist. We're, we're teaching about primary care. We're teaching about pharmacists as providers. Um, pharmacists have a lot of skills. And so there's, there's this need though, to help people, you know, change the environment that we practice in as well. And the way that that change happens is by individuals taking risks and doing some different things and, um, trusting their ideas and being creative and being brave and, and, and not being afraid to fail. Absolutely. And I love that, um, you know, entrepreneurship is, is really being, um, included as part of the curriculums now. And, uh, I think that, you know, we, we certainly only have, uh, more opportunities, um, to create unique businesses around, uh, pharmacy, uh, in the future. Um, so Kevin, kind of the, I guess is the first first business, um, would be Symphonia RX. Is that right? Yeah. So the first Symphonia RX was a, a university spin out, um, from a, a medication management program. So the reference to the medication management center and the bio, um, was a program that I started while I was on faculty at the university of Arizona, um, back in 2006. And, and the opportunity really stemmed from, the launch of the the Medicare Modernization Act and in Medicare Part D in its current form in 2006. And at that time, it really in 2004, 2005, there was a lot of talk about 
what medication therapy management was and what it might mean to the profession and how pharmacists might be able to provide those services. Um, but there seemed to be a, a gap in, in people really jumping in and, and doing it and trying to, to make it work. And so I had, um, as faculty, I, I was working with a group of um, NCPA students. I was the faculty advisor for the NCPA student chapter and came up with the idea to try to provide medication counseling um, over the phone and contracting with, with payers to deliver those pharmacy services. The, the phone model was, was a little controversial at the time of, of whether or not you can provide clinical care uh, over the phone versus face-to-face, but Mm-hmm. One of the unique things about being at the University of Arizona is we, we, ha- we have always had a, um, a, a drug information poison control center in the state of Arizona that was run by pharmacists. And so we had a, a program where pharmacists were ha- literally handling life-threatening situations over the phone, managing patients at home, treating them, triaging them, getting them to the ER if necessary. And I figured, you know, if we can do that model with with critical illness, we could certainly do something similar with chronic illness and, and built the model around that. Um, it, it obviously took some years to, to grow and develop, but um, grew it within the university from 2006 till 2013 um, and ultimately spun that out into Symphonia RX in 2013, which was then acquired by Tabula Rasa, um, our parent company in 2000. 17. And so I, I since have moved from Symphonia to the parent company and, and that's the transition, but it, it, it started with an idea. Um, I hired originally a six pharmacists. Um, most of them still work for us. And, and now we have, um, really over 800 employees across multiple call centers on, on that yeah. original model side. Um, but also through Tabula Rasa now have a, a network of, community pharmacies where we support technology and help the community pharmacies transform their business models to provide services. And Tabula Rasa have, has additional technology that we're implementing in both our MTM programs and our community pharmacy models. So it's, it's been quite an interesting ride, um, to say the least. Certainly. And so, Kevin, uh, you just said that you hired six pharmacists. Now, was it kind of created um, or run by students or it was just out of the University of Arizona? It was just, it was out of the University of Arizona. We, we, I was working with students, my, and I should have clarified, my reference to the students is mm-hmm. the, the work that the student chapter was doing was to help patients sign up for Medicare Part D. And that was the impetus for me to look in to understand how Medicare Part D was going to work and the opportunities and the models. But um, the program was, it was run by pharmacists. So we had pharmacists that um, did the oversight, would talk to the patients. Um, We had pharmacy technicians that were part of the program as well. Um, So they would do a lot of the outreach to patients, medication reconciliation. And then we would supplement that work with the students. So the students had an opportunity to do um, clerkships, um, experiential education, um, rotations with the pharmacists. Um, but it was really the pharmacist, the technician supplemented by the students that that made the program work. 
Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Wow. That is so interesting. And, um, you know, just that the university was so, um, open to having that kind of, uh, innovation center. Um, you do see a lot of universities that do have spinoffs and things. Um, so it, it sounds like you were definitely in the right place um, to be able to, to create that, which is amazing. Um, and so Kevin, uh, speaking of tabula rasa, now I've, I've seen some interesting photos and things where some of the team got to actually go up to Wall Street. Tell us a little bit more about uh, why that happened. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. We, um, the company Tabula Rasa is traded on the NASDAQ. We went public in 2016. And originally, so that was before I, I was involved with the company. And originally when, when the IPO launched, um, that, that we had the opportunity to ring the NASDAQ opening bell. Um, I should also mention that Tabula Rasa was founded by um, pharmacists. So our oh, wow. CEO and president, are. Cal and Ursula Knowlton, um, who are both pharmacists, um, really inspirational entrepreneurs from a, from a pharmacy standpoint. Um, so tremendous leaders, excited to be part of the company. But recently, um, we, we were holding an annual investor day um, and using the, the NASDAQ offices for the meeting. And I, I guess they didn't have anybody else to, to ring the bell for the morning. So they offered the, the experience to us, which was, which was tremendous. We had the opportunity to, to create an ad, which was fun. We have uh, our marketing team put in, in a, a little uh, recording that then played on the NASDAQ's marquee in Times Square. Um, and, and they took us into the event. We got to ring the bell. They took a bunch of stills of us and, and then took us out to Times Square to take some pictures of us in front of the marquee with the ad running. And uh, it, what I didn't know is I was recording that for one of our marketing folks. And uh, so he could see what it looked like in, in real life in Times Square. And then the still started popping up. So the first still that came up on this giant seven story marquee was a picture of me. So it's mm-hmm. something neat about, you know, just, just, you know, being in being and really enjoying that experience was 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 something definitely special. Yeah, and with you being in this uh, your sales position, I'm sure it's it's been really uh, positive in that sense too. Definitely. So, you know, speaking of sales, uh, a lot of, well, you know, we do hear of pharmacists that do go into pharmaceutical industry and, and, you know, you've mentioned that that is part of your background. Um, So how, you know, tell us a little bit more about um, what are some of the skills and things that pharmacists might need if they are interested in take, you know, taking that approach or that side of um, that, that type of role or position? That's a great question. And uh, a lot of people ask me that because it's, it's something, you know, when you're in pharmacy school, not a lot of people talk about sales as a, as a career path. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. I did my first position 
um, in pharmaceutical sales. It was in the specialty area. So I was working with psychiatrists and neurologists and um, moved on to selling medical devices, which was in very different as well, talking to not only I was in the same therapeutic area working with neurologists and psychiatrists, but also the hospital was the, the entity that ultimately purchased our products. So working with hospital purchasers and now in my role with Tabula Rasa, um, really working with payers, um, pharmacies on solutions. And, and the way to really think about it is I, it's, it's not necessarily a, a, a product sell in most of the cases. It's really understanding what the customer's needs are and if you are working with a company that has really good solutions, you're, you're really selling solutions more than you are um, products. And so it's, it's great to have the opportunity to develop relationships with clients, understand what their needs are. If you don't have a solution, then you're not selling anything really. But if, if you're meeting with the right customers and, and you know, understand what their critical needs are, then it's just a matter of, of filling those needs. I would say the primary skill um, that's helped me more than anything else is the ability to to listen. And everybody, you know, it's it's a common skill. Everybody, you know, knows that that's an important skill. But it's a really tough skill to learn. And the probably one of the unique things about my training and background too is is while and I went to pharmacy school at the University of Arizona. I'm originally from Chicago, so I moved back to Chicago after I graduated. And so my first sales job was in Chicago. And at the same time, I was training and doing some performing at the Second City Improv Club, which is the the famous comedy club where all the original actors of Saturday Night Live came from and doing improvisation. And the core mm-hmm. of improvisation is two people on a stage without really any any anything planned, um, working to degre- together to create a, a wonderful scene and experience for the audience. So you're you're fully supportive of the person next to you. You have to listen to everything they say. You have to follow them. You have to pay attention to what they're doing. And going through that process really taught me how to be a good listener and and work with a counterpart. And I I that's probably the number one thing that I take to every one of the sales meetings that I do. That is really interesting. Um, yeah, but but that makes complete sense. Um, because you do have to be a little more extroverted, uh, like talking to people and, um, yeah. So you, do you still do any stand up or, or any type of, uh, I guess acting type work or just, or just in your, your day to day, uh, interacting with people? I do. So I use improv, um, a, a lot in my own personal life. It's, it's when we were building symphony and as the company grew, um, one of the things that I really wanted to try to do is there's a lot of people as a company grew that would work for the company and, and not really know me. Um, and so we created a, a company culture around four different pillars. And one of those pillars is improvisation. So we have a lot of onboarding where I describe what improvisation means to me and, and how it works and um, the core principles of it. And, and, you know, one of them is really taking chances. So that's how I align that with, with entrepreneurship is you have to challenge your comfort level. And, you know, there's nothing more uncomfortable than being on a stage without anything planned. And you got an audience of people that are expecting you to be funny and entertaining. So, so that's part of it. We also, um, I helped integrate improvisation training into the, the first year, um, pharmacy student curriculum at the university of Arizona. 
And so we have about um, five or six improv sessions that we do with first-year students to, to go through some improvisation, some of the performance games, which are fun. But I miss being up on stage. So the closest I get is the opportunity <laughs> to, to, you know, maybe do your podcast, which is awesome, um, or speak at a meeting or, you know, teach students, um, but also definitely incorporated in my personal and professional life. So interesting. And I'm sure that the improv training only helps students when they're um, working on their patient counseling and, and communications courses. So very interesting. Well, Kevin, it's so cool to be able to see something that's grown from, you know, out of the state of Arizona uh, to now it's it's a national um, solution and one that is, you know, leading, uh, you know, with pharmacists doing medication therapy management. Um, you know, if there's any other little things that, that you found on tips on how you've been able to be successful with um, payers, uh, with, I, I think that's still a little something that people are a little unclear on, on how some of that works. But if there's any insight that you have to share about that topic. I think um, it, it it goes to sort of the the core message of of anything that you're doing from a customer standpoint is w- what are some of the customers' needs and so when I work with payers it's really understanding what are the what are the challenges that they're facing and all payers will tell you you know one of the driving challenges is is managing total cost of care and so total cost of care is driven by um, medication cost, um, chronic disease burden, um, specialty medications, um, hospitalizations, emergency room visits, other complications associated with adverse drug events. So if you understand where some of those pain points are um, and where some of the gaps are with current solutions, um, pharmacists can play a key role. And so there's not always a, a one size fits all. So it's hard if you're a pharmacist to go into a payer, talk to anyone about services with, hey, this is the product that I want. Um, Mm -hmm. You really try to reverse it and say what, you know, get to know the client and say, what are the problems you're having and how can I provide solutions? And so it may not be exactly what you think the product will be, but it's, it's a version of what you can offer. And so that's, I think, the, the way that I would reverse is not think about having the payer do what you want them to do, but have you understand what the payer needs and fill that gap. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, same if, you know, pharmacists are going out and trying to sell their service in, in whatever way that that might be. So really great tip. Uh, Kevin, as our final question, I ask all of our guests, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? I would say don't stress about what seems like big decisions. So there's so many points in my life where I would, it seemed like something at the time was such a major decision and I was trying to decide whether to do it, to not do it. Um, Just if you have an opportunity, live in the moment. And if you think it's a good thing, go for it. Um, Don't be afraid. Don't stress about it. life's long. And if it was a mistake, um, you know, the adage, if you're going to fail, fail fast. Um, Mm -hmm. but you got to take those chances. So, you know, 
you know, just, just, I, I feel like I did a good job of sort of taking chances in my career, but there's a lot of times where I may have missed opportunities because it's, it stressed me out a little bit too much. So they don't sweat the small stuff. And, and a lot of the stuff you think is big stuff isn't, isn't as big as you think. Take more chances, be brave and enjoy it. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure getting to know you and be able to share a little bit more of your story. Um, Thanks so much for all the great uh, insights that you've had. It was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the show, Kevin. Thanks for having me, Hillary. I love your podcast. Thank you. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.